No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just gonna keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this edition of Break It Down with Brian H. 74 episodes in, plus specials. Thank you for joining me once again. I know there's some people out there who's listening to every single episode, so I definitely appreciate that. Just names off the top of my head that I know of, and if there are some, please uh, forgive me, but I gotta give a shout out to these people who I know listen to every episode. Shout out to The Shark, Sean Williams, to my brother Terrence, and of course my brother Antonio Banks. I know these gentlemen have been supporting each and every show. To my new listeners out there, Thank you for joining me. And for the ones who, this is your first time, let me direct you to your YouTube screen. You can follow me at Brian H. Waters. You can follow Dwayne Allen at Dwayne Allen 24 my good brother, the co-owner of this brand, The Wrestling Realm. Make sure you subscribe down low, youtube.com slash The Wrestling Realm. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and talking to us and Instagram at Wrestling Realm. Instagram, you'll see a lot of cool images. And of course, Facebook. And then guess what? If you're a podcaster, I got you covered. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. So, folks, the title of this show, WWE versus AEW, is the war over already. I know a lot of people said, what war? They're not competition. Some people are saying, you know, so much could be said, but look. So, for those who do not know, WWE hired Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff. Now, you may be wondering, whoa, they must be so scared. Here's what you got to remember. These are guys who have, Paul Heyman's been obviously back with the WWE um, since Lesnar's been back. Um, or I should say a little bit after Lesnar came in because he came back by himself. Eh, didn't really, eh. So, but Eric Bischoff has been away from it. But these are guys who have some of the brightest minds in the business. You got two people who really made Vince McMahon take his game to a next level. You may be saying, well, what if Paul Heyman, you know, they didn't have any money at ECW. Vince was helping him fund. However... Heyman was a guy who did things his way. And then, you know, he came over, and then you look at what he did with the SmackDown 6. Let me make sure I got these guys right. Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Edge, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio. And I know I'm missing somebody. Somebody out there, just go ahead and drop it in, and it's going to kill me because I ain't going to be able to remember. But you had the SmackDown 6. Then you had Eric Bischoff, who, I mean, NWO. That's all you got to say. Now, he came over to Monday Night Raw. You know, he was a Raw GM. He was on great on-air talent. Um, me, personally, didn't like the fact that Triple H was always champion. But there's no denying Raw was good. So now you have these guys. Yeah, Paul Heyman's going to run Smack, uh, Raw. And Eric Bischoff's going to run SmackDown. So here's the thing, right? This is what I, I was talking to my good brother, Glenn Thomas. And one of the things we was talking about in our group chat is... You have Heyman and Bischoff. People say, well, what about Triple H? What about Stephanie McMahon? What about Shane? Shane probably isn't really concerned about creative. This is just my opinion. Don't have any insider sources. 
Triple H, NXT is his baby. And then last but not least, Stephanie, she's the chief branding officer. Her job is to go out there and make WWE look great. That's all she's worried about. Again, my opinion. So now you got two guys who can focus on the wrestling side of things. Let's not forget the XFL is coming back. Mr. McMahon failed, and he's not happy about that. Now, we do know that, you know, he kind of failed at the thing called the um, WBF, was, or maybe, you know, I mean, the, the uh, bodybuilding thing. So, he ain't bringing that back. But I think he really believes, look, I got a shot with this XFL thing. So, only time will tell. But, let's get right into the action this week. We're going to start off with our top rope. Going up to the top rope. It's time for this week's top rope segment of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the top rope this week. The way Monday Night Raw started off, it was hot. It was on fire. Yes, literally. I mean, so you had a match. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman. I'll admit, snooze fest. Don't need to see it again, right? Wrong. So, all right, full disclosure. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, all right, you know, oh, yeah, it's about 8 o'clock. Let me turn on Monday Night Raw. And I see these two going at it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Heads in my computer. I'm doing whatever. All of a sudden, I look up and I watch they're going at it. I said, okay, interesting, whatever. Then, boom, they run through the back. And then you see all the sparks and everything carrying on. Then you hear Corey Graves out, holy beep. Now, as a TV person myself, I understand that there's a delay. But what made me think, what made this so believable for me was, wait a minute. I don't know if Corey Graves was supposed to say that because he didn't. He's not, they're not going to say the S word on TV. Rules against that, right? But I was thinking, because of that shock factor, you know, with Taz, they had a chance to blur it out because it wasn't live. But I'm thinking, maybe this wasn't supposed to happen. Maybe everybody in the truck was so concerned that then nobody had a chance to hit the button. Again, I could be wrong, but this is human lives right here. So I thought this was a great way to start off Monday Night Raw. Like I said, you got these two big behemoths going at it. And this is a feud that I haven't been interested in, but I will admit they gave me a good match at the Super Showdown. So I said, but I'm tired of seeing every week. Last week it was an arm wrestling, or a couple weeks ago an arm wrestling. Or then it was a tug of war or something like that. I'm like, why? But this right here made up for all that. And the first thing people said, Paul Heyman, he got his touch on it. So I'm excited about the Paul Heyman era, but, you know, we're going to see. Now, many people may think that this is a response to what happened at AEW this past week. AEW Fighter Fest. Live on the Bleacher Report app. Yes, they gave you the show for free. So you had Cody Rhodes taking on Darby Allin, which was a decent match. Um, no, man, it, it, it was man. But I was, you know, I was interested. I'm watching Darby take some crazy bumps. Like one, he just threw his back right into the, at the hardest side of the ring which I didn't understand. I think he calls that the coffin or something like that. I don't know. But all of a sudden, the match ends because it's a double. Um, I mean, it's a, um, they ran out of time. You know, they had time limit draw. They ran out of time. Cody didn't get the win in time. Then all of a sudden, here comes Sean Spears, and he hits Cody in the head with a chair. When he hit him with the chair, Cody did not get his hands up. So we know about concussions. We know, hey, 
I don't think that was supposed to happen. An unprotected headshot. This is something, you know, in 2019, in a world that people may say we're more sensitive, that was cringeworthy. You saw Cody, he had to get 12 stitches. And I'm not putting that on the screen because, I mean, there's pictures out there. You can go find it. I don't need to have that on there. But you saw, like, the pieces. It was nasty, right? Even after the show, Tony Khan, um, the owner of AEW, went ahead to say that he didn't like that. You won't be seeing too many of those. Um, he also had a lot to say. One of the things I did appreciate was his... Um, I can appreciate his honesty on intergender wrestling. And one of the things he said he didn't like at all in was the fact that Jordan Grace got punched in the face by a guy. So I can appreciate that. But this moment right here, man, it was just like, woo, it's crazy. And, uh, and you know, then you move on to the show, the main event, John Moxley, excuse me, because it was a non-sanctioned match. So they turned off the lights, then turned it back on. John Moxley versus Joey Janela. John Moxley was victorious, but you saw a lot of thumbtacks in the ring. You saw a lot of, you know, jumping through tables. And if you've been watching Joey Janela the past couple of years, you know this guy would do anything. He'll put his body on the line. I saw it personally. He was hanging in the rafters. Leo Rush laid on the table. Janela pulled himself over off the ceiling and then dropped down onto Leo Rush at CZW. They tried to end the match. They tried to carry him out. And granted, it was a work. You know, Janela, like McFoley came back, will go on to win the CZW Wired Championship. But that was the main event. So, it's nothing that this man won't do. Then you also got John Moxley, a guy who many felt the cuffs was on his hands at WWE. So, we get this match. And, you know, the fans, I guess they liked it. You know, kind of got what they wanted. But it was definitely interesting to see them go there. So that's what would make you think, okay, what is the WWE going to do? Are they looking at AEW's competition or are they not? I mean, it's wrestling. It's good for everybody. That's my opinion. So, But let's move on. Monday Night Raw, the main event, Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the WWE United States Championship. Now, they took on each other last week. Ricochet was, I mean, AJ Styles was victorious in a non-title match. He let his good brothers coerce him into getting uh, to challenging Ricochet again and going out there and winning the title this time. AJ Styles would get the pin, so he thought, but you can see right there, foot under the ropes. But then they restarted the match. Ricochet picked up the victory. AJ Styles went to shake his hand. The good brothers stood there and they whispered something to AJ Styles, basically saying, you ain't the old AJ. And then all of a sudden, they would all beat up on Ricochet and it was AJ Styles hitting a Styles Clash off the top rope. Wow. You know, that's the way you ended Raw. I thought it was great. I mean, you know, we get to see a different side of AJ Styles. Get to see now he's with his brothers, the good brothers. I want to see what happens here. This will be good for Ricochet to go against these guys. I'm wondering, will he have any sort of allies? We know that his former tag partner, Alistair Black, is on SmackDown. And now he's doing his thing. So we know he's not getting help from there. So only time will tell. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, the club is united 
for once. Once again, so I'm ready to see what they have in store for us. So I'm going to go ahead and take my first break. We got the realm going on the road. Be back after this message. Ladies and gentlemen, the wrestling realm hits the road again as myself and the real Dwayne Allen are once again honored to be a part of Dr. D's Dream Wrestling Panel. Saturday, July 13th from 2.15 to 3.45 p.m. located at the Hyatt Regency in Crystal City, Virginia. We will also be joined by Dr. D, of course, Xair X-Man Anderson from Inside the Square Circle and Power Pro Wrestling. Marcus K. Darling, the co-owner of Capital Wrestling. And Marcus will be bringing with him the one, the only, the lovely Miss Candice Cordelia. So make sure you get your tickets for BlurCon. Be a part of this great wrestling discussion. And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure if you're out in the D.C., the B. Moore, the V.A. area, join us for BlurCon, and you may just get another episode of Riding with the Realm. So, folks, 24-7 champion. It's the best thing going right now in the WWE, arguably. Uh, This past Monday, well, you know, last week, we had Drake, um, Drake Maverick, Trying to get the title. He lost it. His marriage was up in shambles. Renee Michelle, his wife, former MCW women's champion, decided that, look, you know, she was done with him. It was either him, her, her or the title. However, they went to Monday Night Raw to celebrate on their way to their honeymoon. And she made him promise that he wasn't going to go after the title. He had to keep his eyes on her. So they're walking through. And then truth decides to come out with the conga line with No Way Jose in disguise and then tease him. And if you look on your screen, you'll see that R-Truth is laying right in front of Drake Maverick and almost daring him to pin him with his wife looking at him. And fellas, you know, when your wife gives you that look, you better not do it. But later on in the night, as they were getting ready to leave, you know, at we saw Drake Maverick sneak up on our truth and pin him one, two, three. And yes, he is taking the 24-7 championship on his honeymoon. Now, on SmackDown, our truth made it clear. He was upset. He wanted his belt back. And guess what? Drake Maverick's honeymoon was in San Antonio or in Texas. So he was going to get his title back. So only you know who knows what's going to happen. I will say this. Keep to um Stay tuned to your social media. So, moving on. You know what? So, we, uh, you know, it's actually time for the Tapped Out. Here's our Tapped Out segment of the week. So, Tapped Out segment this week. We'll get right into it. Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch. Yeah, we know. World Tag, uh, World Champion. Our Universal Champion. And Raw Women's Champion, right? So, I understand that WWE has to get them over as a power couple, right? But, they had a match against Mike Kanellis and Maria Kanellis. During the match, Becky Lynch was about to attack Maria Kanellis. And she announced that she was pregnant. Yes, she announced that she was pregnant. 
And by her announcing that she was pregnant, you know what that means. Becky can't touch her. That's illegal. She'll go to jail. So she stayed away from her. Afterwards, Becky would make Mike Canellas tap out to the disarmor. And it was a wrap. One, two, three, you know, it was over. But then what made me really put this in the tapped out was the fact that Maria went to berate her husband in front of millions of fans watching. Now, I'm just trying to look at this. I'm like, man, look, I understand. To me, it was just forced. Why? You know, she was saying maybe the next time I'll get the man talking about Becky Lynch to impregnate me. And I'm wondering what happens with this, but I personally just didn't like it. It was my least favorite thing um, in wrestling this week, maybe because I value marriage. But, yeah, I just didn't really care for that. So let's move on. WWE champion Kofi Kingston is getting set for Samoa Joe, folks. Samoa Joe is presented as somebody who can take the title from Kofi. Will it happen? Only time will tell. But here's the thing. He made, they had a match. Um, it was a mixed, I mean, it was a mix. It was a tag team match. Uh, I think it was a six-man tag. But anyway, it was Joe making Kofi pass out. That's what I like. Make him pass out. Don't have Kofi, Kofi tap. Make him pass out. It only makes sense. He's the WWE champion. He's the baby face. You know, you go back, you watch some of the old Brett the Hitman Hart, whose birthday it is today as I record this podcast. Shout out to Brett. Happy birthday. You notice that Brett didn't tap out. You had to really beat him down to get the one, two, three, or you cheated. So I like the fact that Kofi passed out instead. But now, we get edgier, right? We're getting edgier. Now, I did think SmackDown was a little bit regular as opposed to Raw. You know, Raw, you saw the Paul Heyman stamp on it. SmackDown, this week, you didn't necessarily see the Eric Bischoff stamp, and maybe he hasn't got there yet. Or maybe he's just not as genius as Paul Heyman. I don't know. But one thing we did see was the conversation. And Samoa Joe went back and forth with Kofi Kingston and said, look, you better shake my hand or, you know, he's going to destroy it. Or if you shake my hand, that will protect every one of your loved ones because I'm coming for the title. And Kofi acted like he was going to shake his hand and then flipped him the bird. So that's a different side of Kofi Kingston we've seen. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, he needs to stop dancing. He needs to stop jumping. He needs to stop eating pancakes. Now, granted, he did give the middle finger with a smile, but one of the things he didn't do was submit as to say, you know what? Here you go, Joe. You're right. You're the man. I'm not. So I thought this was great. I enjoyed it. So, you know, um, I'm looking forward to the match coming up at Extreme Rules. I do think that Kofi Kingston will retain the title. But guess what? It's believable. You can see Samoa Joe finally getting the big one. He couldn't beat AJ Styles. He couldn't beat Brock Lesnar. Only time will tell if he could beat Kofi Kingston. You remember Blurcon? So you may have listened to episode 21 where the real Dwayne Allen kind of got the fans hyped up at Blurcon. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you listen to that to give you a little bit of what you can expect if you come on out this year. The biggest thing when it comes to the word mark is the, the stereotype. I think, uh, in, by definition, what was said by both these uh, two astute brothers who gave great definitions, that's the truth of it, but that's not the term, and that's not the way people want to use it. Um, people like to take that term and use it for wrestling fans who are so in love with it that they spend the majority of their time 
researching things that have nothing to do with their lives. If you don't believe me, you can turn to E and watch Total Divas, Total Bellas, and whatever other reality shows out there. Because if you think about it, those shows are created for people that want to know more. Let's be real, we're all adults in some situation, and sometimes majority of people who are adults, they love wrestling when they were a child. Mm -hmm. and, and half of that group grew out of it. The other half are us, and we still enjoy it. And even though that we know what we do know, what we enjoy and all those things, I think we can separate the fact that, okay, we understand the business and we still love it for what it is, not for what people assume that it's supposed to be. So when you show your love for something that they used to know as a child, they're upset, they're hurt, they're pissed because they thought it was quote unquote real. And when they find that it's not, oh, that's dumb. You, you're doing too much. And I think when you associate Mark with someone who's spending hours on the internet trying to debunk theories, trying to figure stuff out before the people in the industry, <coughs> what they should be doing, which is understandable to one degree because they are the consumer, as, as he mentioned that the other day, I think when you love what you love, it doesn't really matter what anybody else has to say about it. I mean, that's why we do this. That's why we go to cons every weekend, right? Think about it. This is the one time you can come in, you can dress as your favorite player. You can dress as your favorite character, your favorite anime, your favorite cartoon, your favorite wrestler. I mean, why not? Because people like us, we understand that, listen, life is bad enough. It's rough enough. Why would I let go of the things that made me happen even as a child? So if you call me a mark, so big deal. Right. That's why you're miserable trying to figure out what's going on with your life. I'm enjoying myself for at least 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 60 minutes a day. Right. Every week, Monday, Tuesday. New Japan on Friday night, Saturday morning. That's right, NXT Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? And let's, and let's, and, 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 to what, and to what Doc was saying, we got YouTube now, so I can catch independent promotions from all around the world now. I have access to that. So why would I really consider that a negative term? But I, I do get where it's coming from, but I think it's a stereotype that we that we sometimes try to not fall into or defend ourselves. And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. So, AEW. You know what I like about this show? is, And you can expect this. If AEW is what we want it to be, you're going to expect Break It Down with Brian H to be a kind of mixing the content. Not just going to be straight WWE and then everything else on the back end. You'll be able to see a mix. Kind of like the top of the show where it was some WWE, some AEW, some WWE, AEW. So, Fighter Fest. We saw Akuma. Ken and Ryu, or should I say Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, victorious over the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. So, for those who may not be familiar, Fighter Fest was a, um, I, I believe it was like a video games, uh, fighting video games convention, and they mixed it in with wrestling. So, it only made sense that these guys did that. Now, I'm... I'm more of a Mortal Kombat guy myself than Street Fighter, but I definitely popped when I saw Ken and Ragu, uh, the Young Bucks dressed as them. So let's talk about the ladies. So this week we saw Nikki Cross as a guest on the um, A Moment of Bliss. Now, you know, everybody's looking at this and they say, oh, here we go, Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss is taking advantage of her. Duh. But Carmella, you know, tried to convince her to have a match. And that she was able to do. Um, yeah, that she was able to do. She was able to convince Nikki Cross to, no, I'm sorry, convince Alexa Bliss to have a match. And she made short work of it. One, two, three. But then she would get in the ring with Nikki Cross. And Nikki Cross was victorious over Carmella. So, you know, then we go on to SmackDown, where it was Bailey and Carmella. I mean, Bailey and Nikki Cross. And we saw Bailey defeat 
Nikki Cross, and Bailey told her, she said, look, you're the one who should be in this match. You are the one who should be in the title match. You, you know, you earned it, but guess what? You know, Nikki Cross is still being taken advantage of if she loves Alexa Bliss. Um, we also saw on Monday Night Raw, Lacey Evans defeat Natalia. You know, and we know Natalia's role. She's been champion. This is her way of getting the young lady ready for the championship matches, the big moments. Will Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin in a winner-take-all match now announced as an Extreme Rules match, will they be victorious? Can you imagine if Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin walk out as the next Universal and Raw Women's Championship? Oh, ah, the internet will explode over that one. So, moving on to ROH, we saw the Allure, that's the team of um, Angelina Love and Mandy Leone defeat Jenny Rose and Kelly Klein. So, that was an um, interesting match. But then, we also saw the debut of Maria Manic. Maria Manic is a former WSU Tag Team Champion. Now, if you look at her, she's known as the Man Eater. And I can tell you, those women did not want anything to do with her. And then the men that was in there, the security, she took them out. So a great debut for Maria Manic at w at Ring of Honor's Best in the World. And then last, but certainly not least in women's action this past week, we saw Allie defeat Leva Bates, the librarian. Leva Bates at the, I'm not sure what they call their pre-show, but at the uh, AEW's Fighter Fest, this gets her ready for her upcoming match with Brandy Rhodes. And I can't wait for this one, you know. Only time, this is, yeah, yeah, I can't wait for it. <laughs> so, you know what it's time for now, folks. It's time to come from the realm. And now for our From the Realm segment where I answer your questions from the Facebook fan page, the Facebook group page, and the Twitter at Wrestling Realm. So, from the realm this week, first coming to you from my boy, The Shark. I got two, I got three questions from The Shark, three, I think four questions from The Shark, and three from Antonio. So, his first question, circling back to your early days as a wrestling fan, name a heel you cheered for. And name a face everybody liked, but you didn't. So, to be honest with you, if I go way back, right, I think the first heel that I really liked was Mr. Perfect. When Perfect was with, uh, just before he had joined Macho Man. It was just something about him. I think it was the way he chewed his gum. He just looked cool. So, he was definitely the first heel I liked. I really don't think there were too many baby faces that I didn't like that everybody liked not until you know batista came around and i know that's not my early days but i guess now it was over 15 years ago but yeah that's where i that's why i'm you know wasn't a real fan of batista but in early early days i pretty much i listened to what they tell me i, I like the good guys and i dislike the bad guys uh, next question is it too early to be calling up the street profits yes um yes 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 they just won the NXT Tag Team Championships. Let them work. Let them get polished. Let them become main event players 
on NXT. Let them become household names before you start calling them the Raw. Because I did not like anything they did on Monday Night Raw. His next question. Do you think that Becky and Seth versus Cor- Corbin and Lacey was made an Extreme Rules match to try and reduce botches from Lacey following her last match with Becky at Stomping Grounds? That's a good question. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, just because of the whole situation, wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, and it makes sense. You you know, clearly you have a lot of stock in Lacey Evans, but you don't, you know, I feel like she's been overexposed already. She's been in, this would be her third consecutive title match. Um, I think, yeah, third consecutive title match. So, like, right after WrestleMania, it's like they put the strap on her or the rocket ship on her, and it's like, why? You know, they she should have been built up. I understand the women is different. I don't know if it's because they only have a limited time with her. Maybe she's not going to have a prolonged WWE career because she's a mother. But if that's the case, fine. But I just I just think she's gotten a lot too fast, too soon. When you got somebody like Dana Brooke who's working on improving. Shout out to those girls, um, those wrestling girls. Sorry, those wrestling girls. I listened to that podcast. Check them out on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. Um... They did a show, and they did a spotlight on Dana Brooke. And y'all know I can appreciate a good Dana Brooke spotlight. So make sure you check them out. But, yes, I just I agree, Shark. I think that's the reason why this is main Extreme Rules match. Plus, unfortunately, it may be the main event. So you kind of got to have the main event go with the stipulations of the show. That only makes sense. Um, so thanks, to, uh, thank you, Shark. As always, make sure you check out his podcast on the Sean Williams Podcast Network. He got, not only does he have the shark attack, but he also has variety bites. So make sure you check out, check out his new segment as well. So moving on, Antonio Banks, my good brother from high school. His question first, could the Canela stuff lead to a mini push for Mike? You know, it really could because I think it could garner sympathy behind him. It's all going to depend on the crowd. I think if the crowd shows they care about him, yes. Me personally, I think Mike Bennett missed the ball. I think Mike Bennett should have been in the WWE around 2012-2013. You had Ring of Honor at, you know, building. And they they talked about all the wrestlers. You know, yeah, you had your Kevin Owens there, but you had your Davey Richards, your Eddie Edwards, your Adam Coles. And then you had Mike Bennett. So you had all these like pure wrestlers. But then you had this guy, Mike Bennett. He had the long hair. He had the swag. You know, and I just felt like he was more of a WWE guy. I know a lot of like the Ring of Honor hardcore fans felt he just didn't fit. But now, you know, on 205 Live, it's like, ugh. So, I, but I would, I do think this could lead to a, a mini push for him. We're going to see. It's also going to depend on how... If he can grab the brass ring and run with it. So, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry, mixed up. So, I got another um, question from the Shark. Why has there been absolutely nothing uh, with Bray Wyatt for two weeks straight? I think now we're getting the puppets and those popping up in different places. That's the Bray Wyatt stuff that we're going to get. And then I do think that Alistair Black said, you know, somebody knocked on the door. He wants to see them in Extreme Rules. I do think, but maybe it's too obvious, but I do think it's going to be him and Bray Wyatt. So, also, back to Banks. Did you, do you see Baron and his great moveset becoming liked in a few years? You know what? I don't think 
Baron Corbin would make a great face. But I do think, I will admit this, admit this right here. I'm starting to like to hate him as opposed to just hate him. I'm starting to like to hate him. I'm starting to like, okay, you know what? He's on my TV. He's annoying, but that's his job. He's being a good heel because he's believable. I didn't like what I saw before, but I, I actually like this Baron Corbin in an outfit and a haircut. You know, he's not, doesn't seem to be so obnoxious, like trying to prove that he's like, that he's a loner. But I think this works for him. So I do think he'll be liked sooner than later. And another question. I don't think New Day should break up. However, they do need something new. Do you think they should add a member or two to make things fresh? That's a good question. Um, I never thought about that. But it would have to be the right fit. Otherwise, you know, I don't, but see, then again, I don't know. Um, I want to see them win the tag title. So the way SmackDown ended, um, Heavy Machinery is going to be in a match. We know we're getting a new day. We're getting Rowan and Brian. So it's going to be a triple threat tag team match at Extreme Rules. I personally would like to see New Day hold three titles at once. Or in this case, I guess it's two. So that's what I would like to see. But I don't know, man. Um, only time will tell. You know, but I don't think, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because a new member, I like, who do you put in there? I don't know who's else out there. Do you bring Jay Lethal over just because of his background and we know his history with um, Xavier Woods? But then that doesn't seem believable. I don't see him being that type of guy either. Do you bring, put an Apollo Cruz in there or Apollo? You know, it's the only time will tell. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up this week for this episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Uh, make sure you are following me at Brian H. Waters. Make sure you're following the real Dwayne Allen at Dwayne Allen 24. Log on to iTunes, or I should say Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you name it, we are there. So make sure you check us out, download, and rate the show. Send me your clips. Let me know. Rate the show. Give me five stars. Write a note and then send it to me so I can give you a shout out on the air. Go on YouTube. You know, Banks does it. Terrence does it. They'll go back and forth. Shout out to the Flex Zone. They do it. They'll send the comments on YouTube. They'll say, hey, you know, this is what I think or this is what I think. And we'll talk back and forth. Let's talk wrestling. You know where to find me. But folks, that's going to do it for this week. Until the next time, I'm Brian H. Waters. So long, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Break It Down with Brian H. Hit the subscribe button and turn on the bell so you get notified every time the Wrestling Realm posts new content.